People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. of the 20 by 20 ring group podcast i'm your co-host joe i'm here with my brother as always matt what's going on matt what's going on we're back for episode 101 thank you guys again for hanging in there with us through each and every episode and um and listening to us it's it's been one hell of a ride yes thank you thank you um this week excuse me this week there's a lot of um, a lot of talk. Last week we covered booking, and and just kind of went back to the fundamentals of like what what makes a good book, um, how to book a card, things of that nature. Um, th- this I, I think uh, for me this this episode is inspired by the return of baseball and and lineups, which would. We actually have on the screen right now. We're watching baseball, um, but um, it's good to have it back. Absolutely, it's 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 great that baseball's back. Uh, so this week, uh, just a few a few a few loose ends from from last week or the f- few previous weeks, but um, it's seemingly like there's this wrestling has become this ever changing landscape, and I think right now. At, at, at least in my opinion, the the industry in it of itself as a whole is just struggling to find footing in in this new COVID situation. And I say that because um, I'm gonna here I'm gonna invoke the the whole uh, Chris Jericho argument of uh, key demographics and uh, how how that works now and that's what I wanted to ask you about so traditionally when it comes to television ratings uh, pretty much your bread and butter measuring stick is total number of viewers right sure so for any television program if your television program is is in the millions obviously that's a good thing especially um, given your your market base if your television program is going through 100 million homes and you're anywhere in the neighborhood of a million viewers that's pretty good even though that sounds that doesn't sound like a whole lot Mm. um and such is the case with uh, both AEW and NXT, and that's, I bring the ratings up because of these programs, ever since the Wednesday Night Wars, if you will, have started, um, TV ratings, at least to the marks and, and uh, a lot of people who pay attention to dirt sheets, it's, they're pretty important numbers. But, again, traditionally, you're, both of those both of those programs easily able to get into 100 million homes and 
minus a few weeks out of the entirety of their their um, current situations, they have not hit over a million viewers. They've come close quite a few times, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, each program has only done it once, maybe twice tops. Um, but now, Chris Jericho has come out, and this is what has fanned the flames of this whole de debate out there. Chris Jericho has come out and said he he's still proud of of what AEW is doing and their television rating because they still win out the key demographic. Now, to give you <laughs> to give you an idea of what he's talking about, uh, this is the. So we're we're recording this on this on July twenty third, right? So uh, we mm. just had another episode of both NXT and AEW happen on the twenty second of July. Okay. And for the total number of viewers, AEW had close to they hit the high eight hundred thousands. Okay, which has been more or less the range that both of the programs have been going in. But this week, or, or this past episode that I'm talking about, NXT scored just under 700,000 viewers. Now, that was quite a drop for them mm -hmm. in previous weeks. And this uh, AEW, like, essentially murdered them this time around by 200,000 viewers. Okay. But again, is that really saying much? Because... Neither one of them have cracked a million, uh, a million homes, mm -hmm. um, in quite some time. But back to the key demographics, if Chris Jericho has anything to say about it, obviously, when you're when you're looking into any kind of a rating or audience, key demographics is they're important. You know, I'm not trying to um, shy away from that fact, but here we have these two past shows AEW did a .32 in key demographics NXT did a .17 and I don't know about you if I'm out there and I have a television show obviously you and I have a podcast but if if our if we're able to get into 100 million homes guaranteed and we're not cracking a million view viewers at any given time. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give Chris Jericho a little leeway here. And the key demographic is what it is. How successful are you really? Because now uh, Tony Khan, owner of AEW, has come out and backed Chris Jericho on this information and I don't know about you I know how I feel I feel like it really isn't saying much and you know whether you want to use the numbers or not use the numbers what are your feelings on this whole <clears throat> AEW versus NXT Wednesday Night War in consideration to ratings in comparison to just where it stands now, or because when we talk about the Wednesday Night Wars, uh, the common thing that gets 
first of all, it's not technically called the Wednesday Night Wars, but in comparison to that, we hear a lot of comparisons to the Monday Night Wars, um, which is a phenomena all of itself. Like yeah. you know, that's it, that's hard to repeat. You know, you just can't. I think a lot of people. Well, I know a lot of people walked into this AEW versus NXT thing expecting the Monday Night Wars all over again. And, you know, you and I both know, being seasoned wrestling uh, enthusiasts, <laughs> if you will, it just it doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't. There has to be... It, it's, it was a genuine phenomenon. Right. You know, there's no two ways about it. Here's, here's my, my take on, on everything. Um, there's a lot of things that have to be taken into consideration. And I don't want to bore people with the details uh, because they're not necessarily facts, but it's pretty clear perception when you put it all together. We're talking uh, about a time frame. We're talking about the, the 2020s in comparison to something that took place in the 1990s. There wasn't as much competition when it comes to ratings as there is today. Because when you look at ratings, you can't just look at what will happen on TV last night. Because we have things called streaming services that take over a ton of fucking viewership on a nightly basis. So you're not just competing. You know, AW, for example, is not just competing with NXT or the other networks that exist out there and whatever they're putting on Wednesday nights. This is summertime, so this is probably this should be a better time for them because it's not that much competition. But now with things like baseball back and basketball coming back, NBA's coming back, you know, that's going to be competition there because people are just frothing at the mouth to, to get those sports back. But on top of that, now, now you're competing with the big behemoths that are Netflix, that are Hulu, that are... You know, Disney Plus and HBO Max and, you know, Peacock. And, uh... Say caca. Say caca? Cock? Cock. What the hell? You did shit. Did you say cock? I can go on. You didn't have that in, in, in 1995 through, you know, we'll call it 1999 because that's really when the wars ended. Sure. <laughs> To get technical, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty one-sided war after that. But it was a magical time too because it was innovative. It was new. I'm not saying that it's not innovative now, but the, the thing is, what AEW and NXT are doing, companies like Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling and a plethora of other wrestling companies have already been doing it. They're not doing anything new. They're just doing it on a bigger like platform. Okay. And what the difference, the difference between that and what the, what the Monday night wars was, you know, bring in WCW, bring in the NWO. And that shocked the world. You know, WWE, they went from being, you know, garbage men and, and dentists and things <laughs> of that nature, gimmicks <laughs> to being, you know, edgy in the attitude era. It was just something completely brand new. And it was the talk of the town. When you bring in AEW, you're bringing in, you know, Kenny Omega, Cody, the Young Bucks, a plethora of other guys. 
I already heard these guys. I already know these guys. They're just doing it on a different show now. NXT, you, what are you bringing in? Adam Cole, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle. I already seen these guys. They're nothing new to me. It's just another way to watch these guys perform. So when you get those ratings, another thing that has to has to take into effect is again streaming services. How many people are watching NXT on the USA Network compared to the WWE Network? Because again, you only have to wait a day or two to watch on the WWE Network. Same thing with AEW. If you have Hulu, you can watch it the next day. So I don't know how much is being taken into effect of that because now you have so much on demand going on that that has to be taken into account. And with people like Jim Cornette, who I would hope one day listens to what I have to say about him because <laughs> he's too fucking backwards and too old school for his, for his own good. And, uh, you know, he, he, he will sit here and, and, and on his podcast and talk about how it's nothing compared to yesteryear. And he's right. But he also is missing a lot of the fat. Or I should say a lot of the meat, not just fat, a lot of the meat, too. It's a different world that we live in, too. And I'm not saying... I'm not saying that what AEW and NXT is doing should be compared to the Monday Night Wars because it shouldn't be. And a lot of it is because as far as any kind of the battling, sure, NXT, or excuse me, AEW wants to be the better show. Why wouldn't they? But this isn't a war. It's never, it was never supposed to be a war. It just happened to be that Vince McMahon wanted to book NXT on the same night as WWE, as, sorry, as AEW, and this is what we get. We get a fan-made war. You know, we call as fans we call it a war, but it's not, it's not, it's not really that. Uh, I'm I'm glad you brought up Kenny Omega. Um, going back to last week, you know, we discussed booking and, and um, some of the processes used. Um, so now we've got uh, a, a good number of episodes of AEW Wednesday Night Dynamite under our belt. One thing that was brought up recently by Conan of all people uh, on his podcast uh, Keeping It 100 he was discussing the booking of Kenny Omega he feels Kenny Omega is not being booked correctly and he's definitely not the star he once was in for New Japan Pro Wrestling and I and I know um... no, I, I do I do have to make a comment on this oh my god <laughs> to me to me, okay, Kenny should not be the tag team champion. He should be the world champion, and he should be having outstanding matches with people like Phoenix and Chris Jericho and people like that, making WWE raise their bar with the you know with their championship. That's what I think. I know some of it is by design because when uh, when he agreed to be a vice president for AEW, part of it was like, hey, take, you know, it's time for me to take a back seat. And let all these other guys shine. But in your opinion, did they do this right? Did was that a, a smart decision on AEW and Tony Khan's part to take take all the elite guys and um, kind of uh, give them give them a backseat to to being booked as, as the stars? In general, because like as they're being utilized now, right? You know, obviously Cody is TV <laughs> champ. Or... He's TV champ. He's he's on there uh, just about every week, right? Um, 
it's it's hard for me to use him as an example because he he is being booked as a well, as Ken, a top star. Kenny and Page are tag champs. Kenny right and now. Page are tag champs, but it's it's not the same as the Kenny Omega we once knew. The the New Japan Kenny Omega, the dominant best bout machine. Best bout machine. Um, <laughs> What say you? Do you do you agree with the way he's being booked, or, or the way he's booking himself? Because, uh, to my knowledge, he's got some hand in the book. Yeah. Um, do you think AEW is doing it correctly by by exploring this avenue and 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 getting other guys over, or is it about time for them to bring back the best bout machine? They have. 100% mishandled Kenny Omega since day one. And I've... Probably not in this podcast, but in, in my personal life, have been very adamant on the uh, misbooking of Kenny Omega. And, and here, here's the thing. Before anyone calls me a, a Kenny Omega fanboy, because those guys do exist, hear me out. Anytime that you have a dominant name, whether you like that person or not, and I'll bring up, I'll bring up one that's that, that that goes hand in hand with, I think a lot of people when they think of professional wrestling as the Undertaker. When you look at a guy like the Undertaker, look at how much he was given in his career, how much success he's had. I, I shouldn't say given, but how much success that he's had. And one thing the Undertaker has done throughout his career is give back to the business. That's a term that's used by a, a lot of guys. Giving back to the business. Kenny Omega is one of those guys that could wholeheartedly give back to the business. But the thing is, you can't give to everybody. And that's where they fucked the Kenny that's where they fucked Kenny Omega up. Kenny Omega has lost every big battle, with the exception of the tag team titles. He's lost every big battle that he's had in AEW. From Losing the John Moxley in a lights out match to passing out the fucking pack, which by the way we're you know, I mean I know COVID is a thing, but that's a guy that again misbooking pack passes out Kenny Omega and then doesn't go anywhere within the company, so it's another bad booking there. So he's losing these matches and nothing is happening in the process to the guys that are beating Omega. Beating Omega should be the same as beating The Undertaker. It should mean something. You shouldn't just get a roll-up victory on The Undertaker and be like, okay, it's over, it's done. Especially, like, I'm talking Undertaker past post-prime, you know, but still able to go. Winning, beating The Undertaker is supposed to mean something. Beating Kenny Omega is supposed to mean something, but when you lose over and over and over again... Kenny Omega just becomes another face in the crowd. And you lose that stigma. I, I, I bring up like things like the Bullet Club. You know, Bullet Club, everybody thought that when the Bullet Club lost the Elite, that it would be the club that failed. And I disagree with that. AEW's not failing by any means, but the Elite have failed because the Elite are no longer Elite. And they haven't been elite for a long time. The Young Bucks, 
are 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 probably the worst books out of the entire elite. Absolutely fucking horrible, horribly booked. The fact that they're not in the front running for the tag team titles at this point in AEW's existence is fucking stupid. Would you would you have a problem if they started off AEW with all of those guys being pushed to the moon? Would that do anything different for you in in your opinion of them? I think there's got to be a give and take thing. I, I think one way, one way, having one way or another, it's like too much of of, of anything is a is, is is a bad thing. If they got overbooked to the point where they were winning all the belts, yeah, that's bad. But they got booked the opposite of that. It was <laughs> there was nothing in in between. It was just straight. We're gonna lose every single fucking match. The tag team tournament. We went back when. They had the for the for the belts, mm-hmm. the inaugural titles. They lost in the first round. It's like I get you wanted to push Private Party, but you didn't push Private Party. They just beat the Young Bucks, and then they went back to obscurity. And the Young Bucks, what happened to them? Nothing. You know, it, it, Young Bucks didn't need to win that tournament, but why couldn't they be in the finals? It's just that kind of booking. It's just silly. It's just they did not. They did nothing to establish. Any kind of dominance, and they even wrote storylines based around that. Kenny Omega was having like a fucking nervous breakdown because he kept losing every time. This is that's some WWE shit right there. It's just bad booking right there. Kenny Omega is not the guy that we know him to be, and although he's got nothing but you know a bunch of talent, all the talent in the world, it means nothing if every time that you have a big bout. You come up short every single time. You're getting pinned. You're passing out. You just you just, you're, you're you're a fucking loser. <laughs> Can you make it, you fucking loser? <laughs> it's it's it, it was frustrating for a while, but I kind of just take it for what it is. My take on AEW right now, look, I I think there's a lot of lot of room for improvement, guys. You know. You, for everyone that's calling me an AEW fanboy, hear me out here. AEW is not living up to its potential. It's just not. It's, I agree with that. There's there's tons of misbooking that's going on, and and look to be fair, you know Joe and I talked about this with different companies. There's there's growing pains that's going to happen. Sure, yeah. You know you're going to have to learn from their mistake. You're from they're going to have to learn from their mistakes. But you know we saw bad booking at Fight for the Fallen with. With uh, Brian Cage and and the towel being thrown in and just look, that's your fucking main event. You need to go. You need to go as and have a better finish than that. If you didn't want Brian Cage to be pinned, find something else. But that was horseshit. That was that was just fucking horseshit. I mean, it's 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 nonsensical shit like that that continues to go on. I I don't think that uh, they focus too much on the idea that the bookers weren't going to become overbooked that they completely underbooked themselves if that makes sense yeah to the point where they were glorified jobbers and i still feel the young bucks are that they're glorified jobbers and it's sad but yeah i, I think as far as the elite goes they i mean they might need to change that name soon <laughs> they're pretty good dude they're pretty good <laughs> Being the pretty good. Uh, 
this past this past episode of um, being the elite on YouTube featured um, Gallows and Anderson of the Bullet Club mm-hmm. in a a very parody filled revisitation of of a situation that they had in a hotel room in Japan and um, Gallows and Anderson got to poke fun of them themselves leaving the WWE finally um, and and the Young Bucks got to poke fun of themselves um, and the way their their company's going and, and things of that nature it, it was it was it was funny, but just barely, because it's also really fucking sad to see the likes of Gallows and Anderson being done the way they were done by the right. WWE. Uh, it's come out now that uh, this is more than likely the doing, uh, well, the backstage politicking of uh, Paul Heyman. And, uh, obviously Vince McMahon has final say-so on, on all the cuts that happened for the WWE, but apparently Paul Heyman had, had quite a bit to say about the underperforming Gallows and Anderson. They were promised a five-year deal, $750,000 each of those years for both of those guys before everything happened with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then the WWE turned around and cut the rug from underneath them and fired them. So I think they had a, what, uh, five month? I think they had like four or five month contract. Yeah. Out of, out of five years or so. It's just horrible, horrible what happened. But uh, the Good Brothers are back. They're finally, finally um, being booked and now signed with Impact. You know, they end up at Slammiversary. Right. Uh, not just them, but a, a whole host of guys. You mm-hmm. know, Heath Slater, EC3. Um, new tag champs. Yeah, new tag champs. Um, Impact. Is is this is this the lifeblood that Impact needs to to find their footing to to a better level of success, or are they going to need some more help? <clears throat> well, before we uh, discuss that, I want to take the time and uh, give a shout out to Fight TV, which is where you can watch Impact Wrestling Slammiversary. Go to our website twenty x twenty crew dot com slash podcast slash fight that's f-i-t-e sign up and get a 15 dollar credit on us gotta be a new member but if you sign up as a new member you get 15 dollar credit on us 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash slash f-i-t-e and uh check out slammiversary as well as a plethora of other wrestling and combat sports that are on there they're even playing concerts now trying to do really yeah yeah they're doing concerts i i Nothing of, of my taste, but uh, definitely something to check out if you're into uh, some cheap music. Interesting. To listen to. I think there are cuts of like old, okay, older stuff. So I mean, it's hey, it's it's something it's something to play. I mean, in a in a time where we don't have a lot of sure. options, it's definitely something to check out. Um, 
Impact Wrestling, the, the cliche answer is going to be it's all on them because it's <laughs> they they've had opportunities as a company, and I'm not I'm not hitting the bookers now. I'm not I'm not I'm not pointing the fingers at the bookers now because saying that it's their fault, but as a company, the issue has consistently been that they have misbooked great talent, and here they are. EC3, the Good Brothers, the Motor City Machine Guns, again, new tag team champions. Deanna Perrazzo, Eric Young is back. Uh, Rich Swan is back and healthy. I, I mean, there's a plethora of guys, I'm probably forgetting some, but a plethora of talent that exists on here on Impact Wrestling that has really, really gives them an edge to do things that the competition, if you will, fail to do. And on top of that, we talked about with the, with, with Gals and Anderson especially, one thing that Impact Wrestling should, and it seems like they are willing to do, hopefully, when restrictions are lifted, because again, we are amidst a pandemic, unfortunately, is talent swap talent swapping and international flavor and that right there on top of the fact that you have guys and let's not let's not just call them just talent we're, you and you and I Joe and I are not the biggest EC3 fans one thing about a pissed off talent is potential just goes through the fucking roof Gallus and Anderson got fired from gigantic contracts who now have freedom to go to Japan when that's they're physically able to. You have somebody like Diana Perrazzo who again also got fired. Heath Slater got fired. Zack Ryder, who I think was in a picture that was taken during Slammiversary, so he's there. He's just not on TV yet. I mean, tons of talent that have a chip on their shoulder. Guys, this is we we've seen this before in the '90s for for the '90s fanboys. There was a little company called ECW that had a chip on its shoulder too. And I'm not saying that they're going to be hardcore wrestling, nor should they be, but that chip on their shoulder very well could lead to some very interesting television. And during a time where WWE, which I got to fucking talk about WWE in a second here. But WWE is obviously misbooking talent, as they tend to always do. And AEW is misbooking talent right now. This right now, this is like... This is like that tortoise and the hare story. They're the hare. Or, sorry, they're the tortoise. Like, they're just slowly going to win this race if they're smart. Because the other the other guys are going to crash and burn because they can't figure their shit out. A couple more points of, of interest here with uh, Impact Wrestling... Uh, obviously, uh, Joey Ryan was fired from Impact Wrestling for yep. um, situ- yeah situations involving misconduct, and he has come out with um, a video. It's about fifty-eight minutes, and it's literally him explaining away all the allegations and apparently what he did or did not do wrong um 
for those of you who haven't watched it, it is available out there on YouTube. He's the one that put it out. It's officially from him. And in a nutshell, the way he goes about explaining everything, um, it, it's I'm intrigued. It's horrible. Oh god. Okay. Um, so it's <laughs> it's only been uh, what two months tops since he's been fired, if that. Yeah, more like a month. At yeah, this I think point. it's more like a month. And he he literally sits there and addresses each of the situations, and then he also and here's here's the kicker. He also mentions that he shouldn't have been fired by Impact because it's apparently in his contract that he cannot be fired for anything, any allegations that happened before he was hired for Impact. Now, I don't know about anyone out there, but anyone who is familiar with any kind of a contract, and, and, and I'm calling bullshit here on Joey Ryan's part, because what company in their right mind would sign a contract of that nature where a talent or, or whoever's looking for the job mm-hmm. is blatantly sitting there like hey anything I did before you guys signed me I don't want to be fired for if it comes back to bite me in the ass wouldn't that raise a, like the most gigantic red flag yeah, in the world, if that was the case. But I, th- I would like to think Impact Wrestling is a lot smarter than that. So I'm calling bullshit on Joey Ryan's part. I, I feel the need to mention too with Joey Ryan that he's more than likely done with professional wrestling, whether he wants to be or not. And I say this because no one wants to touch him. No one wants to touch him with a 10-foot pole, as the old saying goes. Yeah. So much so that he has been edited out of literally every episode of Being the Elite that he was in. I don't know how they they, uh, completed that huge undertaking, but he is completely gone out of all the episodes now. And uh, I gotta say, if the young bucks ain't fucking with you, and you're supposed to be their boy, I think that speaks volumes about what's going on. Where do you go? Yeah, I mean, the, I think the only legit shot he would have, because I'm not too familiar on every country and where they're stand standing is this. Okay, it would be some other fucking country, international. <laughs> I don't think he has a shot here in the States, by any means. Uh, do you think he'll find safe haven in Mexico? Put a mask on. Right? <laughs> don't do the dick spot. I mean, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's over with. If, the, if there was ever a move to be <laughs> to be excommunicated or retired or banished, it's got to be that move, right? No one's going to want to do that move. Especially during... Yeah, you know, I mean, I didn't want to do that move before all this. <laughs> I, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm I've always been a wrestling fan that likes a little more logic in my my pro wrestling, and I've never been a fan of 
that stupid fucking move. It's funny. <laughs> I get it. It's a it's a comic it's a comedic spot. I get it, but but yeah, as far as like uh, where we stand today in 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 midst of uh, the movements that can, that exist today, um, yeah, it's definitely got to go. But uh, does he have a, a career in Mexico? I, I would say why not. I, I mean, look, I mean, it, it's it's a different world and in, in, in different countries. You know, I mean, I, I think uh, I, I don't think it's far fetched because we've seen it happen before. We've seen it happen where people just kind of just go somewhere else with different territory, and you know, never see them in in anywhere else again. And that's fine. I mean, it's they get to do. They still get to make money, and you know, do you know, do what they do what they did. Hopefully, hopefully that uh, Joey Ryan gets his shit together because it doesn't sound like he he has. No. So I have I have not watched that that video on YouTube, but uh, my partner, uh, I, I I take his word for a lot of things because he calls it like he sees it. If he if if he's not fucking explaining himself properly and doesn't look like probably probably doesn't sound like there's any remorse regarding anything and, and no he literally tries to explain away all the allegations like every allegation so yeah joy ryan is uh he's pretty much fucking done and that's 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 you know it is what it is one more point of interest that I, I wanted to bring up to you with uh, Impact Wrestling. So, the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson, have divulged that immediately once they got signed to Impact Wrestling, they wanted to do something very specific in the way of being booked, but they couldn't do it because Tessa Blanchard ended up leaving. Mm-hmm. And had she participated... As world champ in that match at Slammiversary, according to the Good Brothers, their their pitch, their plan to immediately get heat with everybody was to come in and literally beat her down to the point where she like that would have been her out to leave the company, and she would have been able to do it, and it all makes sense. Um, Good, good booking by the the Good Brothers or bad booking by the Good Brothers? I think it's great booking. Was it uh, the old saying two birds one stone"? I think that's what sure. I think. It, I think it clearly does that because if you look at how they were booked, actually booked, um, it didn't wow me. They, no, it didn't wow me either. Well, how they were booked at Slammiversary, it, it was kind of disappointing, and uh, yeah, it just it just wasn't that good for me. It just uh, it, it was very just cliche and. Not that I'm 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 uh, against seeing them as baby faces because that's what they are right now. I don't. Know, I just I just wasn't really wild by it at all. Um, seeing her or seeing them come out, and I'm assuming beat beat her up while she's still champion, like during the match. Yes. I mean, why why wouldn't that? I mean, here here you are. You can have her to where she's about to win the match. Good Brothers make their debut. They stop her from winning it. They beat the ever-living shit out of her. They even to the point where, I don't know whether they put her through a table or they just incapacitate her, throw her to the, take her to the back, just beat her into the back. And now the focus is no longer on her anymore. In comes the new champion. Eddie Edwards can still win. That's who you want as champion. 
And yeah, I, now now you have legit bad guys in in the business in the company. I like that so, so much better than uh, than what we actually got because it was it was just I mean, it was bland. Okay, need a little more seasoning to it, but <laughs> but it's still good to see them there. It's it's still good to see them, and I I got no worries on how they're going to be utilized within the company. I, I just give it time. I but uh, speaking of Tessa Blanchard, I, well, first of all, what what's your take on that? Uh, I I happen to like the idea. I like the idea that that they wanted to do. Uh, it sucks that Tessa Blanchard uh, did what she did, and I think that lack of communication. You know, like they uh, the moment they pitched that, maybe they pitched it too late. But the moment they pitched that, Impact should have been on the phone with her. Like, look, we got plans. This is what we want to do. No one would lose face. You could still, you know, you could still make this happen and, and come out favorably. Both of us come out favorably. Um, sometimes, man, sometimes the world just needs a little more patience. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. And, and it's not like uh, a wrestling talent hasn't worked without a, without a contract for a, a few weeks or whatever. Or, or just a, sh- uh, a handshake deal, you know. Like she could have, she could have waited. Happen. She yeah. could have waited. Could have made it happen. Before we get to WWE, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I definitely can't wait to hear that. But um, speaking of seasoning, for those who haven't caught it yet, Jericho's latest episode of his podcast involves one Sunny Kiss. Um, okay. I gotta say, it's definitely an eye opener to the person that Sonny Kiss is. Okay, not um, familiar with the podcast. I mean, I'm not familiar with she, the episode. She, she doesn't mind being called she, and um, I just one thing I want to take away really quick from the interview. Jericho mentions the dance routine that Sonny did before the. TNT title match against Cody Rhodes. Yeah, we talked about that in an episode. And, yeah, and they, both Jericho and Sonny had discussed it, not not at great length, but, you know, he asked her about, like, how much time they had to prep, and did, did Sonny come up with the routine, which she did, um, things of that nature, and then they moved on, but, uh, because apparently Sonny has quite a bit of background in dancing. But none of it, and again, I, th- I think this speaks volumes about the way things are booked these days. Comparatively speaking to, you know, booking bookings of yesteryear. But none of it came up like Jericho didn't call her out about, hey, you know, you're about to wrestle for a title. Yeah. Why would you sit there and dance? Don't gas yourself. Right. All they did say was, it was like Cody gave the final approval. Cody was like, "Hey, we did it last year. We'd like you do it for you to do it again this year. Come up with a new dance routine." And that was that. So, hearing that, hearing that it got the okay from Cody, your thoughts about 
One one last thought about AEW booking for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it went from it went from a C to a D. There, I mean, it's just <laughs> again, it's it's. It... I mean, am I am I wrong in saying that you know something like that is uh, like maybe maybe I'm the one that's wrong. Is is it uh, is it is that booking just out of date now? You mean like not gassing? Yes. I I don't think that ever goes out of date. It's it's funny that Chris Jericho didn't say anything about that because you know if you t- if you talk about the Ultimate Warrior Chris Jericho he's gonna make fun of him all day, and I get like there's a difference between dancing and and sprinting to the ring and shaking the ropes and all that shit, but. Again, they're, what Sunny Kids did was really stupid. It went it went on way too long, and it didn't need to be that choreographed. He didn't need to put it do and, and she, or she. I'm sorry, she. <laughs> she she ended up saying that she considers herself still green, which to me that that did me a world of good because, let's face it, we in in the wrestling industry, a lot of people won't fess up to, to to being that at all. I mean, right, right. look at Nia Jax. <laughs> So, but, um, yeah, is, is it one of those things that like, it just, it really truly doesn't matter anymore. Like this, like this nonsensical booking is, is the, the wave of the future, so to speak. And that, you know, titles and, and gassing during a match just don't even mean shit anymore. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I could say that. Uh, I, I think a lot of it, if, it, if it's going to be a Cody approval here, I think it's, it's green booking by Cody. I don't think Cody is, is as seasoned as a booker as he, I don't know how he, how he looks himself as a booker, but he's, if Sunny Kiss is going to sit here and call herself green as a wrestler, I'm going to sit here and call Cody green as a, as a booker. Because that's a really bad oversight there. This right here is a championship match at uh, at your event. It's one of two championship matches. Again, you are you are trying to put on the best show you can. If Cody would be the first one to tell you that, okay, is having somebody has having the challenger for your, one of your championships. Having her dance and a full blown routine before she challenges for the championship is that does that signify what you is that the type of message you want to send before a championship match that this is just because people dance at house shows they dance on 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 just regular weekly episodes of whatever it is and I get dynamite this is dynamite whatever but. To put us in the mood for what I'm about to say. (laughs) I wrote this little poem especially for you. Y'all folks can't hear me, can you? Uh Uh-oh. Good. How do I love thee? Let me count the ways. (laughs) I love you for your skin's pure sheen, for your two sweet lips with teeth in between. (laughs) 
This is also Fight for the Fallen. This is a bigger-esque show, or at least supposed to be. Shouldn't we take it a little more seriously? So for me to say that that kind of booking is throws out the window, that we're just being too old school here, I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has to do with common sense. I think if you're going to sit here and try to put on a great wrestling match, both participants or all participants, whether it's a singles match or, or triple threat or whatever, need at the very least to have their feet underneath them. Because what we saw in that match was, one, a lack of communication. There goes the green wrestling there. But you did see where the fatigue set in. Probably within about three or four minutes into the match. She did mention that it was 90 degree weather and it was humid. All the more reason not to dance. <laughs> and, and um, you know, I'm sitting there listening to the interview and I'm like, if that was the case, why dance? And then, because she, she said it felt like the equivalent of wrestling in sand. Like, again... This is what I mean. I, I, it's, it's just common sense. I don't think... We, you're not being too old school here. You're just being logical. And I'm not saying that because you're my partner here, but it's just, it's just it's common sense. It's the same reason why you can make fun of the guy like the Ultimate Warrior for sprinting down Mass Square Garden. That's never a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, it, it helps that he wrestles, you know, 20-second matches, but still, it's it's just, it's not good. Um, and then, in the way of titles, um, you know, that's that always seems to be up for debate, too. You know, obviously, over in the WWE, especially with Bruce Pritchard booking shit, you've got, um, well, I mean, he's not solely responsible for this, but, like, it seems like with this past uh, Extreme Rules horror show... <laughs> Everybody had like a fucking title. It's seemingly, you know. Um, and then now you've got Keith Lee who who accomplished such a great feat in not only retaining the North American title, but winning the NXT title. Mm-hmm. And he has now since come out and relinquished the North American title. And they now have set up a ladder match to determine the new North American champion. Good or bad booking on the WWE's part? Terrible booking. Uh, it's terrible booking. Um, you should never... Re- I, I, I never like any champion giving their title away. Because what that says... It, it, okay. Let's let's put it in perspective of WWE and the Intercontinental title. There's no doubt about it. Intercontinental title is a second tier title behind the WWE title. I get that. But do you need that to be thrown into the next champion's face? Because all that's saying is, I have the WWE title. I don't need this belt anymore. So, unless you're going to do something like a Tetsuya Naito did with that second-tier title, never, ever, ever disrespect the championship belt. And by you relinquishing it because you have the better one, that just diminishes that belt. And I don't, I'm not, I've never been a fan of that. Um, as far as putting in a ladder match, that part's a good booking because... NXT always seems to have good ladder matches. So, I mean, that should be fine. But I don't like the fact that they would diminish a championship to to the point where it's just like, I don't need this belt anymore. I have the better one. I, I'm not a fan of that. Speaking of diminishing 
uh, I think now is a great time to talk about Extreme Rules, the horror show. Did you watch? <laughs> I I watched enough. I watched I watched it in its entirety, and I I wish I hadn't. So, I I gotta I I gotta give credit to because she's been she's been she's been hounding me about this. I'm gonna throw it in there this time so she can have her uh, have her moment here. My girlfriend always wants me to <laughs> to talk about a segment that I I've been meaning to push on this podcast for for uh, a number of weeks now since we came back and uh, it involves Vince McMahon <laughs> because. <laughs> Because <laughs> whether he's oh, shit. whether he's booked it himself or he's approved it, he's he he went from owner of the company to CEO because now it's a publicly traded company. Anybody that knows anything about leadership, everything good or bad is always your fault. Okay, so even if he, I don't want to hear anybody say, well, he didn't come up with this idea. He fucking approved it, and he allowed it to happen. So it's his fucking fault. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I call Vince McMahon's loony buffoonery. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to discuss the most idiotic things this man has ever either came up with or approved and i mean spoiler alert we're gonna talk about things like severed hands <laughs> to uh incest that's oh, a thing yeah that's yeah. right that's right <laughs> I, I don't want to give it away, but we might be ruining the segment because we might be talking about the dumbest fucking thing I have ever seen in professional wrestling. And I know the whole show's bad. We, we could talk about the whole show. But I, I had to step in because I just, I, I had, one, I had to intro and introduce the, the new segment here. But I've never thought that I, I would see something as nonsensical, as idiotic, as fucking stupid as a man losing his eyeball. Um, before we go any further you can catch all of these atrocities on the WWE Network please do yourself a favor and humor us during this segment you're going to want to go watch the shit we're talking about but on top of it the WWE Network does have a really good lineup of classic wrestling and um, you can get a free 30-day trial through us, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash WWE Network. That's all one word. Do yourself a favor. Catch up with some of, some of the shit we're about to talk about right now and, and a lot of classic stuff. But uh, back to what you were saying. Yes, uh, how, how awkward was that eye for an eye match? I want to know who fucking bo- who who uh, who pushed that match. I want to know. 
Well, their team of writers obviously agreed on it to, to the point where Vince McMahon approved it. But all right, so for those who don't know, it's an eye for an eye match, and the concept: how do you win this match? You have to remove your opponent's eyeball. <laughs> I'm I'm not making this shit well, up. Well, you know the thing. The thing here is, you know, it's going to be a clusterfuck, <laughs> or or a loony buffoonery, as you you would say. Um, but I I think everybody who watched it, it was all about the curiosity of how they were going to go about doing this. At least that's what it was for me. Like I knew, I knew what a bad idea this was going into it, and and I I didn't necessarily want to watch it. But at the same time, it's like really, how are they going to accomplish this and make it make sense? That's some cheap fucking. Uh, that's some that's some cheap viewership right there. But yeah, you're right. I guess that's the way to do it. And. <laughs> it was poorly executed. There's no other way to say it. It was poorly executed. The the camera angles, you know, you've got you've got them shying away from the camera. You're not able to see much of anything. Not that I'm I, I necessarily wanted to. I mean, because let's face it, the idea of theater of the mind uh, should have played better in this match than it actually did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got you've got Seth Rollins. You know, they cut away from him, and then the next thing you know, he's 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 heaving and, and puking. You know, he ended up vomiting something that looked like oatmeal. Yeah, yeah, I, I have a comment about that too. But um, let's talk about the before I comment on the Seth Rollins thing. Let's talk about the actual match. You know, it it, it is a clusterfuck from from the beginning. But again. How how do I put this? We're 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 in a wrestling world right now, where it seems like we're just pretty much just pulling whatever we can out of our asses and, and throwing it on TV. And AEW is guilty of that too. You know, as as I we talked about in the uh, with the the double or nothing main event, it was just I felt that was a clusterfuck too. It was it was kind of stupid and and too gimmicky. And we've seen that in WWE. We've seen guys who are now ninjas. We have seen bowling tournaments and, and fighting <laughs> with turkey legs. and Just a lot of really stupid things. And it's like, okay, this is bad, but whatever. It's, it's something to put on TV. Okay. And then you do something like this. Somebody pitches to somebody else, said, hey, you know what would be a good idea? If we book a match where we take somebody's eyeball out of their fucking head. And let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Let's take somebody's eyeball out of their fucking head. You know what that's called? Attempted murder. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a fucking match. You know, this is the same... Bruce Pritchard is the head writer here. This is the same guy that made fun of the use of baseball bats and how it's used in pro wrestling. And how, like, guys getting hit in the head with a baseball bat doesn't make any fucking sense. But taking somebody's fucking eyeball out, oh my god, is genius. <laughs> this right here, from the moment that I saw, you, you, you saw a glimpse of a fake eyeball. 
in Rey Mysterio's hand. When I, and, and guys, I'm a wrestling fan that has a lot of like skeptics that I'm friends with on social media. I don't know how I how do you explain that to them? How do you explain when you know Rey Mysterio loses an eyeball and they're like, "What the fuck is this shit?" And I'm just like, "I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't like wrestling anymore. I don't, don't ask me. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I'm fucking embarrassed to, to even be a fan. Not that I'm a fan of WWE per se, but oh my god, how the fuck does this get approved? Who is who is booking this shit? I mean, that's a rhetorical question. And then for Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins, I know it's a paycheck, it's money." But you have to fucking be kidding me! If this like Rey Mysterio, who's is I don't, from my from my knowledge, is still not under contract, right? I don't give a shit how good you are. You associate yourself with this match. I don't really want anything to do with you. You're you're not quite ten foot pole, but you're. I don't want to <laughs> touch you. Like, <laughs> and then and then the night. So and then the booking happens, right? So. Here's here's my issues with the booking. Seth Rollins. I mentioned Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is a mega heel, okay? He just took Rey Mysterio's eye out. He wins this match because of the eyes gone. Shouldn't he be heel and just be like, yeah, I fucking did it. I'm the Monday Night Messiah. I'm this all-powerful being. Instead, what does he do? He fucking blows chunks. He pukes. He pukes. Yeah. He gets sick from what he did. Bad booking there. You already have a nonsensical match. Why not finish it with your mega heel being a fucking mega heel? Why not him stand over Rey Mysterio's body as he's trying to fucking hold his eyeball? As ridiculous as that sounds. Why not have him do that? Yeah, because Rey clearly wasn't selling very well. No, no. His eyeball's out of his head and he's not screaming bloody Yeah, I've never had my eyeball out of my head. But at the same time... Like, I think I would be screaming bloody murder. So you wear glasses. I wear glasses, but I also mainly wear contacts. And I touch my eyeball almost every day. I've poked my eye before, and it hurts. Yeah, it hurts. So fucking bad. (laughs) You know? So now imagine ripping your eyeball out a socket. Like, you're going to be screaming bloody murder. Yeah. Which he did not. He's just in mild pain. Apparently. It was mild pain, and then like as they're carrying him off, he's like, "Oh shit!" Like I heard that, and I'm like, "This, I'm done. <laughs> I'm fucking done." So I'm not a doctor either, but here's my other issue with with the with the booking. I don't, I forget who who says it, but the way they sell the fact that his eyeball might be okay is that like if Ray Mysterio gets his eyeball back in time it could be saved. Now I don't know how this works. Maybe somebody with with a with a medical degree or medical background could could tell me, but I didn't know the eyeball was kind of like the finger where if you put it on ice you can save it. Can you save an eyeball? Is that is that plausible or I, I believe so. Okay. I think they did their homework on that part. So that's that's not bad booking. Yeah. It's just it's still stupid though. It, very stupid. <laughs> very very stupid. <laughs> And then, and then here is here on top of this, uh, all this is happening, right? And uh, we get to like we get to the part where you know the dust is settled. We just saw a guy lose his fucking eyeball, and what does the WWE do? He's going to the next match, like like a guy just didn't lose his fucking eyeball. Yeah, there was no. <laughs> 
We just we're gonna do Sasha Banks and Asuka next, and that's that's it. By the way, the the match before them, somebody lost their fucking eyeball. Well, in all fairness, and I'm probably gonna get a lot of heat for this. I mean, they kind of did the same thing when Owen passed away. You know, I, you yeah, that's it is it is the same company that uh, that did that. So <laughs> fucking show must go on, folks. I don't know. Again, I, I think I might have ruined the loony buffooneries because we might have just went with the looniest <laughs> of the buffooneriest. Like, the, the dumbest thing that you could ever see. But, my God, this... it's a There's a laundry list of stupid shit that you guys may know. Some of you may have forgotten. We're going to remind you. <laughs> Some That's good of, shit, pal. <laughs> God damn it, Ray! Let me see that eye. It's it just oh my god! But um, yeah, Ray Mysterio lost his eye. What uh, what else happened at uh, the shit show that is Extreme Rules? How about that swamp match? <sighs> Did you watch the? Swamp? I watched highlights of it. I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. Okay, do, you know this. Do this tell what I this missed. fucking I don't even want to call it a pay per view. This this uh, it's a horror show. This horror show. It was one of those <laughs> shows that like I had to double check the runtime at the end of it because I felt like I had been watching it for like six hours. It's that bad, huh? And then at the end of it, I'm like, it was only two and a half hours, like two hours thirty eight minutes. Okay, somewhere around there. That's a common thing that WWE wants to do right now with no fans. And I'm just like, what in the hell did I just watch? I, I, I just wow. You know, the entire time, you know, the, this this whole eye for an eye match happens, right? And you would think, like, where where else on the card could this be booked and it still be effective, right? Do you think part of this was uh, was just bad placement on the card? Because at the end of the at the end of the show, you got to see the the swamp match and uh, essentially Bray Wyatt getting put over even more so as the fiend, which I don't have an issue with that. But would it have made more sense? Would it would it have given a little more credibility to Rey Mysterio's injury if they ended the show with that match? And like not had a had a backstage follow up or anything like that. Yeah, I th- I think so. I think uh... would it have would it have done wonders for uh, Seth Rollins' reaction? Yeah, I think you know not, not only that too, but like I, a man that loses an eyeball, not to keep you know beating the shit out of this uh, the segment here, but a man that loses his eyeball, like that's that's a pretty severe thing. Like I mean. Generally, a lot of people would go into shock. You're not. It's not like you. You know, you you broke your a leg or something, and you're you're walking. Not that that's not a big injury, but you know, you're able to like be carried out, or you separate a shoulder, and they're 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 helping you to the back. You lost a fucking eyeball. Like that's pretty fucking severe. I mean, so my guess would be that ended with 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 Ray crying in severe agony. Maybe have his son over him crying for his dad. And and then you see the, 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 the end roll credits or whatever. And then, you know, I would still say Seth Rollins doesn't, shouldn't puke. 
Okay. I, I, I don't like Seth Rollins puking in that, seg- that, that segment because it just... I kind of get why they might have gone that route where, you know, like, oh, my God, like, even, even Seth, that's too much even for him. Like, he went too far. But I think... I think what that show lacks right now, there's a lot of things that it lacks, but as far as characters go, like, it lacks, like, the Mega Heel. They're trying Seth Rollins to be in the Mega Heel, but they keep pulling him back. This right there, that that was the rocket fuel, the quote, Ultimate Warrior. Seems like an Ultimate Warrior-themed show today. <laughs> <laughs> quote, uh, sorry, the, it, had, it was all the rocket fuel that he needed to go full-blown Mega Heel. I think I think it ends with Seth Rollins standing over Rey Mysterio as as, as Rey Mysterio or standing around Rey Mysterio at the very least, while Rey Mysterio is dealing with the fact that he lost his fucking eyeball. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think less is more in the sense of we don't explain it, we don't show Rey Mysterio get up, we don't have him do the old shit remark like it's just his eyeballs fucking out and he's holding his face and like again. Think of old school Lucha Libre. You know, when they lose their mask, like they're fucking smothered. They're being smothered on people because you don't you don't want to see what's happening. It's that mystery. Keep that going. Same thing should have applied with the eyeball situation where you don't see Rey Mysterio. You hear Rey Mysterio, but you don't see him at this point. Ladies and gentlemen, I like to think I have firsthand experience with with eyeball trauma. I'm diabetic, and at one point in my life, in order to restore my vision, I had to have injections directly into my eyes. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about those. So, I can tell you, with 100% certainty, that that shit hurts. Now... Albeit, it's only a small amount of time that it hurts, Mm -hmm. because it happens very quickly. But it fucking hurts. Okay, think about it, man. My wife, my wife was in the room the first time and the only time because she can't, she couldn't take it Mm -hmm. to sit there and watch me get needles stabbed in my eyes. She cried. She she screamed bloody murder. Yeah, and she wasn't even the one having the procedure done to her. Right. Never mind losing your fucking eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm sorry, Ray. You didn't do it for me, man. You just didn't. (laughs) You should have did your homework. There's plenty of horror movies out there you could have looked at. You know, I'm sure there's there's medical footage on the internet. You know, just... I mean, fucking... I, I think of, like, movies like Hostel. Right. Like, uh, the one with, uh... I think it was Brittany Snow, where she slices her eye. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Would You Rather. Good good horror movies, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, but yeah, we're talking about an eyeball. It's not an everyday injury. You know, I mean, being a professional athlete, like, you deal with injuries. Rey Mysterio has dealt with injuries throughout his career. And... I don't know, maybe he thinks he's too fucking immune to it, but, like, this is a fucking eyeball. This is this how, is pretty fucking severe. How much of this do you think has to do with him possibly not coming back to the company? Just, like, a punishment for him? No, no, no. Like, uh, like maybe he didn't perform to his utmost capabilities because he's planning on not coming back anyway. I guess that's plausible. Uh... I can't even be mad at him for that though, because it's it's like 
I mean, you're not under contract and you agree to do this stupid ass match. <laughs> just, I'm I'm reading the Wikipedia page. The match could only be won when one competitor extracted an eye yeah. of their opponent. Yep. And I I knew that, but just reading it just makes me so fucking sick to my stomach that this is happening in pro wrestling. Um Yeah, I guess I guess that's plausible that Rey Mysterio just said fuck it. Uh you wanna put me in this dumbass match, I'm you know, I'm just gonna Collect the paycheck and be gone. Right? I don't. I don't know what it, what his status is with the company. I doubt he's going to be back anytime soon. Well, I wouldn't after losing my eye. Yeah. Although at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up next week. Well, here, here's the thing. He's not on a contract. I, I don't know. It's, maybe you can answer this question. Maybe not. I don't know. But Rey Mysterio, if he does, can he? Does he is he restricted by any like uh, no compete clause? I don't know. That's he, that's going to be interesting to find out because if he's not and he just wrote out his contract and he does show up somewhere else with an eye with both eyes with intact. both eyes like <laughs> I mean uh, we already know kayfabe's dead but sure 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 this is this is like the equivalent of beating its corpse. <laughs> You know, or having sex with it, depending on, you know, whatever your flavor is there, but. <laughs> what are you, Triple H? <laughs> um, wow, just wow. That's that's all I can say. I, I, and not even a good wow. I, no. was, I was not good wowed. I mean, I'm looking at the card. I mean, it. There's there's potential on this card. I, I just hey, you know what? Never never not to cut you off. Never mind. Never mind Rey Mysterio not doing his homework. Seth Rollins didn't do his homework. Who the fuck shows up to an eye for an eye match with a pair of fucking channel lock pliers? Like, don't get me wrong. I've never tried to take someone eye, someone's eye out or eyes out, but that's a big ass pair of pliers. Yeah. You would think he would want to go with something more like needle nose yeah, or yeah. you know what I mean, like. You watch too many horror movies, Joe. I, I guess, yeah. yeah. You are more of a pro than you like to admit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, take it from somebody that I use tools every day. I mean, yeah, needle nose would be more logical because it could really jam in there and it's whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're, chal- we're, we've already put too much logic into this Yeah, match. yeah. Like, we're, we're trying to fucking save this fucking match that... There's no saving, but I, I again, this is uh, it's it's one of those things where, what the fuck are they doing over there? What is going on? That that is uh, to the fact that there was nothing else they could have come up with, nothing else, nothing, um, nonsensical bullshit is 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 how you could describe it. Uh man, I want to segue out of uh, WWE. Because uh, we're getting to the point where we should, uh, we're, we're getting to the point where uh, we're going to wrap it up here soon. But uh, I want to bring up one, one topic. I want to go back to Impact Wrestling. So on the, the episode of Impact that took place after Slammiversary, so the, the, the following Tuesday night. Uh, by the way, Eddie Edwards is the new Impact World Champion. Congrats to him. Yeah, congrats, man. Two-time World Champion in that company. I don't know for sure, and this is we don't really have to go into too much in detail. Of this I don't know I don't know for sure if if Impact just created a new belt 
or if Tessa's keeping that belt hostage because I've read reports that she wants money for the belt. Wow. I don't know if that's true, so I don't want to really want to speculate okay. too much. But I, I have read multiple sources that it's 150K is what she wants for it. What? Again, I that's that's still speculation. I am I'm not uh we're not dirt sheets here. We do we do try to get our facts before we uh we we start releasing stuff. Yeah, I take I take shots at him too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I want to talk about the Impact World Title. It, they they have a new belt. It it looks nice. I like it. Eddie Edwards is the champion and he went out there and and cut a promo and said that he's going to bring in, put bring integrity back into the belt and he's going to defend it every single week on impact. <clears throat> now, two questions here. One, does he need to do that to bring to restore integrity back into that title because the title has not been defended? For a number of months, for because of COVID and because of Tessa Blanchard's shenanigans, does he need to do that to restore the integrity back to that belt? And two, does this become too cliche because we see open challenges pretty much everywhere now? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I've always liked the idea of a working champ, but let's face it. When the, when any belt is defended multiple like or like in succession that quickly, yeah, I think it does take away from from what that title means. Right. Uh, possibly, it all depends on the worker. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, Eddie Edwards is is worthy of that belt. Sure, absolutely. And if anybody can put it over, defending it on a weekly basis for that company, it's Eddie Edwards. So. I have the utmost faith in him. Um, but yeah, it is a little cliche. But at this point, what else are you going to do? I think I think the situation has a certain momentum to it. And you're right. It hasn't been uh, defended uh, quite a bit over the past few months because of COVID and Tessa Blanchard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what better way to get the ball rolling than to, to defend it constantly? At least for the interim. But with that being said, he's going to have to step it up and and definitely give us, you know, hell of a match after hell of a match after hell of a match. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure for sure. Absolutely. Is this, uh, I guess I'll, I'll do one more question here. Is this an opportunity for Impact to open doors for even one, you know, one-off challengers? Special challengers, if the if again travel allows, yeah. If travel allows and and they can definitely do business with someone or some people, then yes, absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, <laughs> kind of brings me back to the whole Sunny Kiss interview where she divulged a, a little more information on the Lucha Underground contracts, and she estimated. That most of the roster, I can't believe I'm even saying this, was only making about $4,000 each. Wow. Fucking horrible. Absolutely deplorable, dude. 
$4,000 a year. Like, who... I don't know anyone who can... Like, that's... And they wanted to keep them just on Lucha Underground. Yeah, they wouldn't let them compete anywhere else. That's why I said it's only... That's why she said it's only four grand. So, <laughs> yeah. It was... And, and apparently she was one of the last ones to leave... Like, to get out of her contract, so... Good, good. But, um... Fucking crazy. Absolutely crazy. So... Really makes you rethink, like, that show. Because I love yeah, that show. It, it was great, but... Horrible fucking uh, backstage booking. That's, that's fucking terrible. But that, yeah, if, if they're going to do that, and, um, you know, I'm I'm all for it. You know, you, it's not like they don't have opportunity to sit and do business with other organizations. You know, obviously they have um, their own network mm-hmm. or their own streaming service. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of potential, you know, if... If he's gonna come out and do it every every week, um, maybe they do a special match just for the network, things mm-hmm. like that. You know, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited either way, and I think regardless of how Slam Reversary went down and and how they're starting to rebound, I think there's still a hell of a lot of potential with the company, mm-hmm. and they're on the upswing for me, man. I agree. I agree. I I definitely have a good time watching it every single week. Uh. Man, they uh, I, I again, they are the, they are the tortoise and all this. But like, if 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 this continues to go, we, ladies and gentlemen, we got a three, three dog fucking or three pony race or whatever you want to fucking call. It. Like, it's Impact Wrestling is a, a legit, legit company again, and uh, and of course, when when other companies are able to come back, Ring of Honor, MLW. Uh, we'll see how how they 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 play into the the mix as well. But uh, you talk about having a blast watching. I had a major major blast in the new era of the twenty by twenty ring crew. One hundred and one is in the books, man. What a what a great uh, what a great time we had tonight. Uh, before we uh, before we do our sign off, ladies and gentlemen, we want to take a quick shout out at some of our sponsors. Uh, we didn't have wrestling on in the background. It might have been our first episode where we didn't have wrestling, but I, we were just too excited to get baseball back. Yeah, baseball. Baseball's a good thing, folks. Yeah, so... Uh, Especially with all these eye-for-an-eye <laughs> fucking matches going on, you know. Uh, yeah, I'd rather watch empty seat uh, baseball games any day of the week. But uh, I was able to watch it uh, via my Fire Stick, and you can get a Fire Stick or a Roku device or any other streaming device over at Amazon. I know Amazon's a big company. You already know about it. But why don't you try out our website, 2020crew.com, slash podcast, slash Amazon. Get yourself a 30-day subscription to Amazon Prime. You can cancel anytime, but you still get the full 30 days for free. And you show a little bit of support to the 20 by 20 Ring Crew and our much, much great appreciation. Also, for all the streaming services that are out there today, ladies and gentlemen, stop paying for full price visit our website 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise where you can get yourself a gift card a discounted gift card a discounted gift card i always forget about that part. yeah that's that's the that's the whole uh, charm of shopping over at raise get yourself a discounted gift card to a multitude of places not just streaming services eateries um ride sharing uh things of that nature uh they they uh constantly have sales 
Yes. Everything's constantly a percentage off. You're already saving money right off the bat. Be like us. Save as much money as possible, especially in times like these, very uncertain times. Um, yeah, I, I haven't paid full price for any of my streaming services in, in like years because of Rays. So, again, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Rays will take you there. And, uh, yeah, definitely go buy some discounted gift cards. Help support the show. And you want to talk about saving money. Nobody saves you more money on collectibles than Junction Collectibles. Visit our website at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Junction Collectibles. And visit our very good friends over there. And uh, check out a plethora of upcoming and current collectibles such as Pop Vinyls, NECA, and anything that you can think of, merchant merchandise, attire, if they don't have it, all you got to do is contact them. And they'll find it for you at a very good price. They're going to beat anybody's price, I guarantee it. And on top of that, if you use our promo code 20X20AUGUST, you're going to save 25% on your next purchase. Guys, I, I can't stress enough. Stop paying full price. Not only are we a wrestling podcast, but we're a saving you money podcast. <laughs> well, you know, like, why, why can't you collect and and uh, do it at a, at a reasonable price, right? Why do you have to pay full price for everything? Don't. Stop doing it right now. Go get yourself some discounted gift cards. Go collect uh, a, a, a myriad of, of collectibles over at Junction Collectibles. Man, I mean, it, it just it just sells itself. Uh, on that note, I think it's time to uh, bid adieu, as uh, the great bot machine yeah. used to say. I think <laughs> he still says it. Used to say. Yeah. Um, definitely go check us out over on Facebook, facebook.com. Slash 20x20crew is our official Facebook page. Also visit our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20wrestlingtalk, where you can sit down and talk to Matt and I about all things professional wrestling, no matter how loony the buffooneries are. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we're also available on Instagram, instagram.com slash 20x20crew. Twitter.com slash 20x20crew. Uh, you can email us at 20x20crew at gmail.com. And of course, our home on the web where you can find all of our past episodes, all 101 of them, over at 20x20crew.com. And uh, merch and the whole nine. Uh, it, I'm, I, we, you know, every episode, when you go to look at the episode page, you get to see like merch picks of the week. And I always have a, a fun time just finding different stuff to post. And I was reminded of, uh, <laughs> thank you to Joe Bob Briggs for, for being a wrestling fan. Um, he reminded me of an old documentary done by the, the director of hell comes to Frogtown with Roddy Piper. <laughs> Uh, it's called I Like to Hurt People, and it follows wrestlers like uh, Abdullah the Butcher and Andre the Giant. Um, 
during their early days. Mm -hmm. And it's a hell of a documentary, very hard to find, but there are VHS copies on Amazon. So please, if you're interested, it's posted for um, episode... 99 if i'm not mistaken on the on the episode page for episode 99 as one of the the merch picks of the week and uh don't get me wrong it's not free but you'll feel better if you support the 20 by 20 ring crew by by visiting amazon through us 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash amazon go pick yourself up uh, an awesome wrestling documentary such as i like to hurt people Absolutely. I actually never heard of that, so I definitely want to check that out myself. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, 101 is in the books. Until next time, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You've been fantastic. And until next week, we will see, see you in the, the ring. ring with both eyes. <laughs>